to the truth. Simply put, the teaching broadcast vehicle of the Basilea Commission. On today's teaching by Alexander Victor, God's word rightly divided in the light of Christ, who is the central theme of the entire scriptures, will come with simplicity, precision, clarity, and power to instruct, admonish, edify, and build you up into the full measure of the stature of Christ. Now, let's dive straight in. Faith consciousness, a.k.a. faith simply put, a.k.a. let's rethink faith. Faith consciousness, subtitle, faith simply put, subtitle, let's rethink faith. Let's, let's, let's look at this faith thing. And establish for the church of Jesus what faith actually is. This is one thing that if you don't get right, nothing about your faith will make sense. If you don't understand what faith is, you can't say you have faith. And when I say to you, what is faith? And you say to me, faith is a... Hold up. Hold up. Because you see, I might not even talk Hebrews 11 in my entire faith conversation. If, I, if at all, I'll leave one verse, but six, somewhere in my teaching. Faith is. No, 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 no. Let's rethink. Faith, simply put, faith, consciousness. Whatever faith is. It is not your conviction. It is not what you believe about God. Whatever faith is, it is not what you believe about Christ. Faith is not what you believe about God. Oh, I have faith that God is God. I have faith that Jesus died on the cross. I believe. That's your business. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. It changes nothing. Faith as we have taught it in the church for centuries. It's not your conviction or your belief about God. Because you see, you know why that's the problem? You can believe God exists and he doesn't exist. Now, if faith is what I believe about God, then it opens it up to the probability that my conviction could be wrong. Yeah. It doesn't matter to you whether it's wrong or not, as far as I know. Yeah. It's what it is. This is what has given birth to the error in church called it is walking. Do you understand? It's walking. Whatever faith is, it cannot be your conviction about God. About Christ, because the fact that you believe that Jesus is Lord does not make him Lord, and the fact that you don't believe that he is Lord does not dislord or unlord him if he is Lord. Because see, faith takes power out of the object or subject and reposes it in the strength. Of the proponent to believe in the object. Faith takes away power 
from the subject of the faith or the object of the faith and reposes it in the proponent, the person who is believing. And that opens it up to whatever interpretation the proponent decides to go with. That's why there are so many versions of God in Christianity. Because people believe him in many different ways. This is why somebody believes that God kills. And there's nothing you can tell them to convince them otherwise. People believe that the Holy Ghost is a consuming fire. Show them Luke 9, it makes no difference. There are people that are willing to rip out portions of their Bible that contradict what they have been taught to believe. Because it's not about the Bible, it's about what they are persuaded about. People have faith in Jesus Christ, people have faith in God who have never taken... There are people who believe God have never read some parts of their Bible. Ever. They are never. Never. They don't need to. They formed an opinion. And then they realize they're not, they're not alone in the opinion. We're like one billion. So why should I read it when there's like three billion of us that believe it? We can't all be believing it if it's not true. So why should I investigate it for myself? That's why so much myopia has entered church. That's why we don't have discipline for sound teaching. Paul says in that day, they shall heap upon themselves false teachers because they shall have itchy ears. Teachers that tell them what they want to hear. You can't sit on that teaching. You can't sit for two hours. You can't sit for three hours. What are you trying to plenty that believe this thing now? What should I look into it for? He that looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein the same shall be blessed in what he does. That's what James says in chapter one. So faith is not what you believe about God. Faith is not what you believe about Jesus. I believe that Jesus died. He could not have died. I believe that Jesus was single and did not marry. He could have had an affair with Mary Magdalene. So you see your persuasion and your conviction is too fickle. To determine what faith is. Are you following me now? Your conviction, your mind, your thought, your opinion, your philosophy, your scope of knowledge is too fickle, it's too small, it's too, it's too fleeting. It's too shaky. It's too flaky. To determine what faith in God is. This is the quagmire that a lot of theologians have been stalking for centuries. Men trying to explain God. Ultimately, that is the pursuit of theology. All the logics come from a prefix that qualifies or adjectifies something and logic comes from logos. Study of. The embodiment of. Alright? Which is essentially man's attempt to explain God. And it's unfortunate that nobody's paying attention to God's attempt to explain himself. This is what has fed doctrinal divergence. This is why Paul emphasizes coming to the unity of the faith. 
a few verses after he says in the same chapter, there is one faith. It's in Ephesians 4. There's one faith. We must all come to the unity of that faith. What is that faith? If you don't know that faith, you don't even know what, what you are saved by. And that's why you are struggling with salvation. That's why you are struggling with understanding the nature of God. Are you here now? So man is trying to explain God. If I wear those small, small glasses we used to wear for Christmas. Douglas is wearing a white shirt. Those are our plastic Christmas glasses. If I stood here wearing a blue pair. You know the, 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 the lenses were plastic and different colors. If I stood here looking at Douglas wearing a blue pair of glasses, I will see nothing but a blue shirt. Somebody who's wearing a red pair gets up and looks at Douglas and he can swear. Eh. He's ready, he's wearing. And somebody else comes and goes, look at these foolish people. When he's green, he's wearing. Now the problem here is Mr. Green is right. Miss Blue is correct. Uncle Red is accurate. But all of them are wrong. There is nothing you can say in the universe that will convince Mr. Green that this is blue. Nothing you can tell blue will make any difference. You say this is red. So just like the Tower of Babel, all the red wearing glasses people will gather and form their denomination. So everybody, depending on what lens they are wearing, because that's what happened at the Tower of Babel. As God confounded their languages, you say, Beh. and I'm like, making tea. And then we'll turn and then we'll go to Joseph and we'll greet him. So no, you say, Bauni. Nobody understood. So Joseph keeps going around until he meets somebody. He says, Bauni. He says, ah, 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 and then they now start going. I'm finding somebody else that understands them. And if you guys going around until somebody can respond their language, that's what happened at the Tower of Babel. People then migrated to the ends of the earth in clusters of people that understood each other. And that's a good analogy for denominationalism. Everybody looking at this from different lenses and feeling entitled and fully persuaded in their faith. The problem is it is their faith. That's why I'm not a Christian. That's why I'm not in a denomination or denominational governing and regulatory body. Because it will subject you to whoever's lens is in charge. Now what some people try to do is stay within the cluster of a particular lens because that particular cluster has influence. Yeah. Right. Yes, sir. Right. The green cluster has thousands of churches. Yeah. The green cluster has a branch that is a brand that is marketable and lucrative. And I, my glasses I'm wearing has green, but there's a bit of blue here, so I can understand to a degree what the blue guy is trying to say. Uh, but 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 the, but the brand of green makes ministry work. 
So I stay inside the green brand and every now and then try to add a few blue touches. So there's this interpolation. Nonsense mixture. Because when you graft, you graft two different elements that can work together. That's grafting. Interpolation is when you force something into another thing that interrupts its natural course. That's interpolate. Do you understand? You force something, an unhealthy alliance. And everybody's convinced we're serving God. Everybody's convinced that we are right because it's blue. It's green, it's red. And we are all here with our different lenses. And the only person we have not asked what color is of shirt is this. And just before he begins to spoil our argument, we gag him. You are here for us to read you and understand you and then interpret you the way that we see you. Don't talk, sir. We can see. We are woke. So somebody can look at you and say to you that, hey, you have come to Mount Zion. But you have not come to the city of the living God yet. You have come to the city of the living God, but you have not arrived the holy Jerusalem. No, you can have we're telling you what you don't what you don't know. What are you trying to say? Shh. We are men of God here. Men of God are talking. Yeah. Theologians emeritus are talking. We define and explain this God. And we're not interested in what he has to say for himself. So we're not put it to a vote. If you say green, say I. I. You say red, say I. I. You say blue, say blue. I. Who has the highest vote? The greens? Okay, from now until we gather again, it's green. And then we now take this green to our various mission stations and start to interpret the God in the green shirt. And then a few things are not working. Somebody else mistakenly picks the goggles with the blue lens. And he's an authority. Who was probably silenced in the last council. Yeah. He starts to drum up enough support to cause a revisit of the edict of the conclusion that was reached in the last council. Makes enough noise to justify calling another council. And the council meeting is this shirt we are still trying to figure out the color. But we said it was green. But then the blue bishop has come and has looked at things and has said them. It looks like there are blue dimensions to this thing. And so we argue again successfully and, and, and we leave that meeting agreeing, okay, 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 we, we, I think we got it wrong. The green hasn't really, really worked. So let's take blue. But the problem here is we have sold the green product to thousands and millions of people. Who have done giving birth to children and giving birth to other churches that are green in their outlook 
And we go back and say it's blue, and then we start to now, okay, let's blueify this thing again. And the green people are looking at you like, but well, we have we have built businesses around green. We we have we have named our children according to green. We have gotten born again according to green. And then, okay, it's blue. Okay, okay, let's try it. Let's let's try blue. Let's renovate. And then the red guys come up after a while. I said, no, no. The green guys appear to have had their way. And, and, and then even though it didn't look like it was up for change, the blue guys succeeded in changing it. So you know what? It's our time. So the red call again, make noise, and I go back and we look at it again. And we agree it's red. By this time, the followers are tired. So the church arrives at the point over centuries where they say, you know, to hell with whatever color it is. Whatever you want to preach to us, just preach. Let's just live our life. That's how the church got to where she got to now. So to be honest, no Christian gives a toss about whether God is in three persons, whether the Holy Spirit is the Holy Ghost, whether, you know, just, just don't do I'm a Christian, I'm not a Muslim. It's okay, it's okay. Just leave it. And these people, because they've also been programmed to listen to how a few people see this thing, don't realize they ever have the ability to ask this guy, guy, what this you yourself? What shirt are you wearing? Jeremiah 31, Jeremiah prophesies. God speaks to Jeremiah and says, In that day, I shall write my law in their hearts. And all shall know of me from the least to the greatest and no man will have need for his neighbor to teach him. And that's what New Testament teaching should bring us to. To the unity of the faith. Yes, sir. So, what has been sold to us over centuries? How we look at this shirt. And he's then he's like, I want to speak. I want to explain for myself. We're not quite listening, we're not interested. We are anointed enough to explain what's your what color you're wearing. We are, we are trained enough to know what color you're wearing. And so we have all versions and all kinds of expressions of faith. And none of them is from the person who is wearing the shirt. And after each council, they dismiss themselves and leave him in the room not having had a chance to speak for himself. Can somebody be wearing a shirt and you are voting to establish which color he's wearing? When he wore the shirt, he made the shirt and he can see the shirt he's wearing. So I repeat again. Faith is not what you believe about God. Faith is not what you believe about Christ. Because it's very highly likely you're wearing discolored lens. Faith consciousness. Faith is purely of God. Can we say that together before you write? Faith. As I teach, just think of the white shirt and the owner. Just think of it and the owner. 
Faith is purely of God. Are you here? Faith begins with God. Because you see, none of us with our glasses, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. None of us, Jonathan with his green lenses, uh, 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 Esther has her blue lenses, Stella has her red lenses, and we're looking at Douglas's shirt, and we're saying they are green, red, or blue. The problem is this. Douglas, you left your house this morning, nobody from here was in your house this morning. You didn't consult with anybody when you bought the white shirt and when you chose to wear it this morning. So you see, Jonathan could not have been there. Esther, Esther was not in his house. Stella was not there. What then gives any of them the right to fight and conclude what color of shirt is wearing? The thought to buy the shirt the thought to wash the shirt, the thought to wear the shirt was not contingent on anything anybody had to say. Because first of all, they were not there. In the beginning, God. Not in the beginning, theologians. Not in the beginning, Bible interpretation, hermeneutics. In the beginning, the study of God. In the beginning, arguments of God. This morning, when the guy woke up and decided to wear the white shirt, we're not there. What he said nicely, chose how to wear it. Came and showed up, and you say you are wearing a blue shirt. I put it to you. In the beginning, God. So faith begins with God. It couldn't possibly begin with anybody trying to explain God. Are you here? Maybe we should say together, faith begins with God. Faith begins with God. Is this systematic enough for you to understand? Faith begins with God. So God defines himself. Nobody defines him. Faith is how God reckons himself. Woke up, wore his shirt. Saw that it was white and said it was very good. He was alone. And the evening and the morning was the first day. And God said, and God said, and God saw. God by himself alone. Saw that it was good. By himself, by himself, by himself, by himself. Saw that it was very good. Nobody told him that there's a very after good. He said, he said, he saw. It was good. He said, he said, he saw. Ooh, very good. Alone. So faith is God's reckoning of himself. <laughs> Are you understanding that? Faith is how God sees himself. Faith begins with God. Faith is 
God's reckoning of himself. Faith is how God sees himself. Oh, Father, give us understanding. <laughs> Faith is God's established, self-established worth. Self-established worth. Ability and capacity. Faith is God's self-established worth. Ability and capacity. I'm going to wear a white shirt. I'm, I'm going to starch it. I, I, I could fold the sleeves, but um, I'd rather leave it long. I could leave the cuffs undone, or I could button the cuffs. I, I, I could iron it and put getters on the front, or I could leave it straight and starched. I, it's my shirt. I determine how I rock it. Oh, look, Douglas! You're wearing a white shirt. Really? No, 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 no. Oh, that's true. He knows. He knows. Because it originated with him. So faith is God's reckoning of his worth. His self-establishment of his capacity and his ability. It's not what you think of him. I am who he says I am. Why? Because he is. Yes, yes, yes. Stop. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's not he is who I say he is. Yes. It's his self established worth, ability, capacity by himself. By himself. H to H, still the same. And all creation, bless your name, for you are God. Oh, you are. So please, who informed him that he's God? His self-established worth. Self-established. That's why I've told you over and over. Be careful how you are worshipping God. Be careful all the things you are excitedly calling God. There's nothing you can inform God that he doesn't already know he is. He establishes it. <laughs> Faith. Write this down and say it. Faith is God's declaration of himself. Uh -huh. Faith is God's declaration of himself. Who is like unto thee? Oh Lord, who is like unto thee? Oh, <laughs> I'm
vision of himself. You can't have faith in God. Let's rethink. You can't have faith in God. Who are you? Oh, but Jesus said, I have. I'm coming. I'm wait for me. Mark 11 22, I've been wait for me. You, mortal, have faith in God. You can't. Faith starts and ends with God's reckoning of Himself. The same way that I've told you that the love cycle is complete with God loving you. It's not you loving Him back that completes the love cycle. The love cycle is complete in God loving you. I love you, full stop. Not I love you so that you will love me. In this is love, John made very clear. Yes, in this is love, first John 4. Not that we love him, but that he loved us. First John 4:10. Please look at it now. In this is love, not that, but that and sent his son. Full stop. Tipity. I've not seen it in Tipity before. This is love. He loved us long before we loved him. Ooh, hoo, hoo. It was his love. This is love. He loved us before we loved him. This is his love, not ours. Uh, let's, let's see it in the message. This is the kind of love we're talking about. Not that we, once upon a time, loved God. But that he, he loves us. And sent his son a sacrifice to clear away our sins and damage have done. In this is love, not that we love, but he loves. So the love cycle is complete with God loving us. Us loving God doesn't complete love. God is love. If God is love and that love is not complete until you love God back, then it means God is not completely God without you. So in the same vein as love is complete with God loving you, in the same vein, faith starts and ends with God. I mean, why would Hebrews say that he is the author? Basically, his Alpha Omega Pistis faith. That's an end with him. This way we have missed it, you see. For centuries. I'm tired and fed up and exhausted of men trying to define God. Tell your neighbor, excuse me, he can speak for himself. Tell the other neighbor. speak for himself look at the word you can't have faith you can't have faith in God you can't set the scope of God's ability so every time we said every time you said God did something because you believed you lied faith starts and ends (laughs) with God he defines the scope of his ability. Alone. He wills and does according to his own pleasure, but he did it because you believed. Let's be talking now. 
He didn't do it because you didn't believe. What, what then is his pleasure, Bob? Where, where does that leave willingness consciousness? What's, what's the point? What's the point? Did, did Jesus die because Jesus believed? Did he not say, I come in the volume of the books as is written concerning me? Did he not say, I have no work of my own, but that which I see the Father do, I do? So what was Jesus believing for? Because if, Jesus, if God is doing what you are believing, then God is not doing what you are not believing. Then it's your will that is controlling God. So if nothing happened in your life, it wasn't that you did not believe. Sir, you did not need to believe. You needed to find what God believes. About what you were wanting. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because it's only happening on account of what God believes. If it didn't happen for you, 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 you were not conscious of what God's belief is about that thing. Somebody walks up to Jesus and he says to him, Jesus, if you will, I will be clean. Jesus says, I will be clean. He didn't come and say, I'm believing you that you can heal me. I believe that you can set me free. Oh, Lord, see my faith. See my ginger. I trust in you. No, 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 no. He said, if you will. If you desire. If it's in your plan. I'll be healed. Jesus smiled and said, hey, of course. Of course, dude. The Spirit of God is upon me for he has anointed me. To preach, to bring, bind the brokenhearted, to set us free and liberty those who are bound and to declare the acceptable year of the Lord. Of course, that's what I came here to do. It's my will. It's in the plan. Take it. And the guy collected it because God willed it. And this guy zeroed in on the consciousness of God's will. He didn't need to believe. That Jesus can do it. He needed to cash in on Jesus' sense of self-assessment. Do you understand what I'm saying? Jesus' established worth. Yeah? If it's something that you want to do, nothing can stop you, sir. So I have come on the strength that this thing I want is what you want to do. If you want to do it, then I'm, I'm good. Yes, of course. I want to do it. Take it. So, excuse me, whose faith healed that guy? Because faith is God's declaration about himself. Faith is God's self-established worth, capacity, and Ability. <laughs> Faith is God's declaration <laughs> about Himself. That's why we said to you, nothing will happen. You and Logos and Graphe, nothing will happen until the word goes forth. Because that word that you are holding on to, and I'll come to that in a bit. 
that word you're holding on to is proof that if you said it, me, I believe it. It's not, it's not, like, it's not like I believe that you can do it too. Because if you don't believe that you can do it, even if I say you can do it, you cannot do it. It's like coming to you, ah, you can give me two million, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it, my guy. You can do it. And you'll be like, ah, where do I want to get two million from? You say, I don't fall my hand now, you like this. Dressed like this, driving this kind of car now, come on, man. Two million is nothing for you. And this guy never chopped since yesterday. So Richie will be like, ah, man, I never chopped. He said, I got two million, two million. I can believe all I want. If this guy does not have the work to give me two million, much I don't cast. But if Richard has come and he gave me his phone to make a phone call, so I made the phone call and I was about to give him the phone. I saw a alert dropping for 200 mil. And he said, payment, which are edit enterprises. And I said, guy, two million. You can do it. I'm leveraging his established capacity to do it. I am not trusting him to do it. I know that now it's a question of whether you want to do it. It's not whether you can do it. It's not whether whether he can. Is that he? Should he will? It is done. So what I'm now appealing to is his goodwill. Because he has said, I got this money. Two million is nothing. He's not going to look for it. Because I believe he can get it. That's how humans are. Do you understand what I'm saying? Imagine me come and saying, saying, you know what? I've come to declare to you what about the house. That for the next 10 years, every school fees here is paid. Every house rent here is paid. When it's due, just come to me. The next time you are sending me a message for school fees, well, daddy, give me school fees. have it you, you, you have it you, you, I'm not trying to figure out that you have it you are the one that told us I, Esther can bear me witness yeah. when you said it hmm? when you said it that anybody that has this problem house rent for 10 years come to me I'll pay I'll be like um, no, you don't, don't let me call Esther it's like I'm a witness. So you're not coming hoping. You're coming on the confidence of what I said. Me. It's me that said. You now got to me, we're not very sure if you can take me seriously. And then you switch on CRBC, you see my face on TV. That I just hit a $500 million contract. Or I, or I inherited somebody's estate when they died. It just takes your... Ah! 
okay, you know, this he can do it all. Yes, he didn't just sit in a vacuum. He actually has hammered enough to do it. What is what is school? Even if you're in private university. So faith is not you believing that God will do it for you. Whereas the lack of faith will be you not believing God can do it for you. What has God got to say for himself? Now where the white shirt come out. Philemon 6. That the sharing of your faith may become effective by what? Acknowledgement. Acknowledgement of every good thing that is yours in Christ Jesus. Yeah? Acknowledgement. Acknowledgement. Every good thing which is in you, in Christ Jesus. So what is the issue here? Acknowledgement. Consciousness. So faith is what God reckons of himself. Faith is God's declaration of himself. So here is how I get the best of God. I figure out by the revealed word released what he wills to do in this matter. And I have it. That's why I told you what Pastor Boyega said, that prayer is not appealing to God's reluctance. It is partnering with God's willingness. Prayer is not you trying to convince God to look into your matter. Remember me, O Lord. Remember me, O Lord. No. Prayer is partnering with God's willingness. Finding what he wills to do. Like that guy said, if he will, I'll be clean. So it's not God, do you want to? It is what does your word say? about this thing once I see acknowledge what the word says it's done <laughs> let's look at how God begins to talk about himself the God of Abraham God of Isaac God of Je- what does that mean God of Elijah those are all idols <laughs> did you hear what I said God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob, God of Elijah, God of idols. Idols. Yeah, your father Abraham longed to see my day. He saw it and was glad because before Abraham was, I am. They're now using Abraham to define me. These all died in faith, not having obtained the promise. And you are using them to define me. Elijah died in faith, not having obtained the promise. Hebrews 11. Right? Moses died in faith, not having received the promise. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob died in faith, not having received the promise. They needed me. They needed to wait for me. To come to be made perfect. And you are praying to God that people only experienced as a promise. Are you here? (laughs) All these guys died in faith not having received the promise. Hebrews 11, 38, I believe. 38, 39. And all these, this is all what you call the heroes of faith. All these, all these having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. Tell anybody, did not receive the promise. promise. All these except Abraham, 
Because he is the father. All this. Except Sarah. All these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. Stay here in 39, give me the TPT. These were the true heroes. Commended for their faith, yet. So your reference for faith is a person who died without receiving the promise. The version of God you are praying for, or praying to, it's a version of a person who died not having received what you now have for free. If anybody was to pray to anybody's God, hear me carefully, Abraham is praying to the God of Alexander. Because Abraham did not experience that God. Moses did not encounter that God. Neither did Elijah. They're the ones that now be praying. Oh, God of power, man. Because I'm living in the reality of what was unto them a hope. See verse 40. God, (laughs) having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Now you struggle with this. It's not alongside with us. Is that they needed what we have to be perfected themselves. The message. Beautiful. God had a better plan for us. That their faith and our faith will come together to make one completed whole. Their lives of faith, not complete apart from ours. It is our life of faith that completes theirs. I'm not borrowing from them. Yes, sir. Faith is God's declaration of Himself. <laughs> Genesis 17:1. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, what? Oh, hold up, hold up. Who informed who? Who was God? It was God telling Abraham, see, I'm God Almighty. See, let me look at me. God is, everybody look at me. God is not being modest about who he says he is. No, no. It is not pride for God to beat his almighty chest and say, I am God. He is God. So he comes and tells Abraham, Abraham, I am God Almighty. I am. I am. Genesis 28 10. Just so you know who is talking to who. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went towards Hera. Keep going. So he, who's he? Came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set and he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head and he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth and its top reached heaven. And there were angels, and angels were, of God were ascending and descending. It doesn't say descending and ascending. Angels were going from the earth to heaven and then from heaven to earth. Then he dreamed, and uh, uh, behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham and the God of Isaac. 
the land on which you lie, I will give to your descendants. He introduces himself to Jacob as God. In the way I introduce myself to Abraham. Exodus 3, 14. Burning bush matter. Who will I tell them? Sent me. 13. Okay. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. Yeah? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they say to me, what is his name? So by the time they come and go and go, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob sent me to you. Okay, we know Abraham, we know Isaac, we know Jacob. What is the name of this God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Who were the fathers of Israel? So Moses himself knew that going to tell Israel, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob sent me, will not cut it. Will not be enough. Because you are thought to be okay because Jews know Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The 12 tribes are the 12 tribes of Jacob. So, you understand? Everybody knows who their ancestor is. There are 12 tribes. These 12 tribes are the tribes of Jacob. Israel. And so when Moses goes and tells them, the God of your fathers, they should know which God is referring to. Moses said, no. When they ask me his name, in other words, they will ask me his name. Who is he? Who is he? What shall I say to them? God replies and says to Moses, I am who I am. Thus shall you say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. NLT. God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. So what name did God am Moses with? What name did Moses go with? I am. Simple. He didn't go with a long dissertation that describes God. You know, let me, let me explain this God to you. Burning bush, you know, that is not burning. Consuming fire that is not consuming fire. You know, because, because fire that is burning, but it's not burning. Leprosy curing God. <laughs> Sticking to snake, my father. Snake back into stick. There is no one. I am. Exodus 34, 6 and 7. This time around now we are dealing with, if you don't go with us, don't send us. Angel will go with you. Mm-hmm. Not angel. You. Okay, I'll go with you. Show me your glory. Ah. What are you asking for? Nobody can see my face and leave. Okay, I will hide in the cleft of the rock. I'll make my goodness pass by you. You'll see my back, but you'll not see my face. So he hid him in the cleft of a rock. And the Lord passed by him, Moses now. And the Lord proclaimed the Lord. Yes. Oh, worship. God can now worship himself. I used to think it. I used to say it until I saw it. The Lord passed before him and the Lord proclaimed the Lord. One, the Lord God, in case you missed it. I repeat, God is not modest about establishing who he is. The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, Abounding in goodness. Deuteronomy 7 and 9. Faith is God's declaration about himself. Are you following me on the journey? Yes. 
Deuteronomy 7 9 this is God still speaking it says therefore know that the Lord your God he is God he is the hold up no don't rush it now he is God the faithful God excuse me he is the faithful God in English don't be don't be so deep what does it mean sir to be faithful to be what what does it mean to be faithful to be why are you afraid it's English to be full so when God is faithful it means God is full God has faith God believes in what The faithful God. He's the God that is not just God. He's the God that believes he is God. He has assurance of his, don't write this in the exam, Godibility. He is the faithful God. He's the God that is full of faith. You must know what that faith is. The Lord your God is God. The faithful God. First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.9. I want to go ahead of myself. First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.9. Look at this. You see, do you see how I'm laying it line by line? What does it say here now? I've not checked in the TPT or the, or the message. Let's see how he renders this. I don't know. God is forever faithful, okay? Message. God who got you started in this spiritual adventure shares with us in the life of his son our master. He will never give up on you, never forget that. Yeah, that's all right. <clears throat> NLT. God will do this for he's faithful to do what he says. New King James. God is. How does Amplified put this verse? The first line. So, so is it what you is it is it on account of what you think about God that He is who He is? Is is His reckoning of Himself? See, this whole faith matter it belongs to Him. is full of faith God is not wanting you to be full of faith God is full of faith he is full of faith doesn't require yours because you have none and you will never have any God is faithful all the faith is in God just like righteousness, there's none left for you. Like God has 99% of all the faith. You know, you can have small. All he's full of faith. All the faith is in him. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So if you will walk in faith, you will have to walk in God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because faith is only found in him. His faith 
Fulu. And you're like, ah, how are you there saying that um, all the faith is in God, so I cannot have none? 2 Timothy 2.13. It's a journey, you know. 2 Timothy 2.13. Look at this. He's faithful. Fool. Fool. All the faith is his. You faithless, what does it matter? He's faithful. He cannot not be faithful. He can't deny himself because he is himself. He is faith. Faith is him. He's full of it. All the faith is in him. If we are faithless, now go to Amplified. If you are faithless, he remains faithful, true to his word and righteous character. For he cannot deny himself. Tipity. Because he has all the faith. Message. See, listen, you have berated yourself too much in this matter. If we are faithless, he's faithful. So it is not whatever faith you think you have that sustains you, sir. It is God's faith. His personal absolute faith that he's full of. Are you here? Hmm, let's continue our journey. Cannot deny himself, right? Yes, sir. Malachi 3:6. Oh, we know this one. We just never looked at it in this light. Malachi 3:6. Oh no, 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 no. Consuming fire, consuming fire, consuming fire says, I am the Lord, I do not change, you are not consumed. For the Lord is a consuming fire. That's how you will vex him, he will consume you. And he says, uh, no, this is not our glasses sh- telling him the color of his shirt. This is the guy wearing the shirt telling you, see, this is how I am. I, I will not change. That's why I am not consuming you. So, sir, excuse me. Your God is a consuming fire. Cannot mean what you say it means. When he that is wearing the shirt says, I'm not consuming you. So it's not this verse we have to try and remix. It's the other one we must look at in the light of how he defines himself. There will be no confusion in scripture if we allowed the guy with the shirt to speak for himself. Are you following this? If we allow the person wearing the shirt to speak for himself, all these satanic misrepresentations of God will never have happened in the first place. Because they are all satanic. The, the Christian's God is the most unforgiving, vindictive God of all the gods that exist. 
the God of the Christians. He sent his son to save you, to die for your sins. He fell in love with you while you were a sinner. Your sin as an unbeliever did not put him off. Your sin, past, present and future, as an unbeliever, he died and saved you from all your sins as an unbeliever. He loved you, died for you, resurrected, justified you. You sinned once as a believer, he crushes you. Removes what he died to give you when you were a blatant unbeliever. He loved you as an unbeliever. Cannot stand you as a believer if you make one mistake. Can't stand you. It's like a guy that lies to a lady who says, you know, I don't have much hair. I wear wigs. And it's okay, it's okay, it's okay until he marries you. As soon as you get home, look at you, look at your hair. Common hair, you cannot grow. Go away from here, go and drop cocoa butter all over your head and, and grow your hair. You can't go out with me like that. Then at night, he comes to want to sleep with, with her. Your body's not yours, but your husband's. You remember what the word of God says? But he cannot be seen with you. He's upset every time he, he crushes you, belittles you publicly. But it was okay when he was courting you. There's no mountain you didn't light up. Shadow you didn't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you didn't kick down, light you didn't tear down, coming after me. Now that you have come into me, I will crush you, I will kick you down. I will light you up. See, you see, if that's the picture of God, then you see, I'm a better God. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm a better God. Because I know I'm a better lover than that God. I know that that God should enroll in my master class. Fact. Fact. And I will give him a slot for free. That, because his case is bad. Crush you, scatter you, eat you up. He has this huge zoo. Where he keeps wild animals, spiritual wild animals called devourers. Once you don't pay your tax, sorry, tight. Just press the button. Just whoa, 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 whoa. All the devourers will just go out. They are programmed with everybody who is defaulting. Because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and all that dwell therein. For he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. But there's how your 1K that you did not pay him can destabilize his economy. He will send devourers after you. Then the earth is not the Lord's. It means the Lord only has what I give him. A very poor Lord. A very poor. We'll raise money for him in this church. Let's start business. <laughs> Expand his capital. Poor Lord. That's how, that's how dependent on us he is. You don't give me 10%, you go vex. Pa, 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 Devora. Go for them. Attack them with sickness. Attack them because what you don't pay to God in the house of God, you will pay it in the hospital. If you don't pay your tithe, your life will be tight. So, boom, the verse come out. 
I mean, so the, the God that we have painted is a God who is in drug mafia. You don't pay, I give you two keys to sell. If you watch movies, you know what two keys means. Give you two keys of product to shift. <laughs> At the end of the month, you bring me two keys worth of money minus 10 ounces. Give me your finger, give me your right hand. I ain't gonna kill you, because if I kill you, I ain't gonna get the rest of my money, you see. So I'm just gonna devour you a little bit. So you have a lot of Christians walking around who are partially disfigured because their God devoured them. It's good news that it is their God that devoured them and not the Lord. God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Overrated yourself. It says if you are faithless and faithful. I can't deny myself. He's faithful, he's full of faith. Then he now comes and says, Because I am that Lord and I do not change, you are not consumed. This was why he looked in through Balaam in Numbers 23, looked at the camp of Israel. He says, ay, 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 ay. he has not beheld iniquity in Jacob, nor seen transgression in Israel. Why? Because if he sees it, he will consume them. So because he's full of faith and sees himself, he says, you know what, God, I'm abounding in mercy. I'm abounding in mercy. I don't kill. But if I see iniquity in Jacob, I will kill him. But because I'm faithful, I will not see it. He didn't say I will not kill them. I won't see it. I choose to not see it because I am faithful. I cannot say I abound in mercy and then turn around and kill you when I say I love you. I will not see it. I am the Lord God. I do not change. That is why the sons of Jacob are not consumed. So if God is consuming Jacob that he loves, he has changed. If he has changed, he cannot be faithful. If he is no longer faithful, change God. He loses every credibility to be God. He does. It's interesting how we used to sing all them songs in, back in the day that we never thought about what they meant. I am the Lord, I change it not. I am the Lord, I change it. You are the Lord, you change it not. You are the Lord. You, what, what is he not changing from? You change it not from what? I am the Lord, I do not change. That is because I cannot change. That's why you are not consumed. Because yes, if I change, you'll be consumed. Yes, Faith is God's declaration about himself. Exodus 15, 26. <laughs> Are you still here? Yes. Exodus 15, 26. And if, and said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear 
to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians. Last line. So, so who introduces himself as healer? How do we know he's healer? Because, so look at this carefully. Newsflash. He's not healer because he healed you. It's not in his healing you that makes him healer. So it is unwise to doubt the healing ability of God because you have not enjoyed it. He doesn't cease to be healer because you have not collected yours. No, he introduces himself as the God that heals you. None of them ever wrote an application to him to become healer. Nobody ever believed God into healing. Come on, God. Come on, God. Come on. Come on, God. You're deliverer. You can do this. Come on. I have faith. I'm rooting for you. I got you. Go ahead and be healer. Once you're a healer, I will subscribe to you. He comes and says, I am the Lord that heals you. And just before you go, oh, pastor, he says that if you obey and keep my statutes, I will not put it. He's already obeyed and kept. All he was telling them was, when Jesus comes, if you believe in him, I will, I'm your healer. Because Jesus is the obedience of the law. Jesus is the fulfillment of every handwritten ordinance. So what does Colossians say? Blotting out the handwriting of the ordinances written against us that was contrary to us. Nailed it on the cross. Why? Because he fulfilled it. If you do not obey the law, this curse shall come upon you. Excuse me. Christ became the curse. As is written. Galatians 3.13. I am the Lord. And heals you. Nothing is more emphatic than that. I am the Lord that heals. So when we come and we are in need of a healing, what are we appealing to? We are appealing to God's persuasion about himself. As the one that heals. We are applying consciousness. That because this God has said he heals. I am healed. Not I am believing him to become healer. I am believing him to heal me. No, I'm taking healing because he says he's a healer. And because he says he's a healer. And I'm in need of healing. Healing is mine. I'm the Lord that heals you. You, you, you. He's healer for you. He's healer for you. He's healer for you. He's healer for you. Why is he healer? He he says he's healer. He says he's healer. So he's not your savior or your healer because you believe. He's not your savior or your healer because you believe. He's your savior, your healer, and everything else that he is because he reckons himself to be. He's your healer. In other words, he's your healer because he believes he's your healer. 
It's your deliverer because he believes. So all the work is his. Wherever God will manufacture the ability to supply healing, that's his problem. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's his problem. Wherever God, whatever God will use to deliver me, that's his problem. He has introduced himself as healer. He's duty bound to heal. No, leave my believing. Leave my believing. Let's talk about what he said himself to be. That's consciousness. You stop fighting for something. And you hold God to what he has said he is. <laughs> That's what that scripture means that says, put me in remembrance. So, so, it's, it's not like I forgot. Acknowledge everything that is yours in Christ. Tell me. So, yes, I, Father, I thank you because I am your righteousness in Christ. What have I just done? Acknowledge the righteousness of God that is in Christ, who is in me. God is like, yeah, correct picking. Because you can be there and worshiping and roll on the floor, Rose of Sharon, Balm of Gilead, and nothing has happened. Mm. Nothing has happened. But when you come acknowledging what he has said, he is who he has said, he is what he said he is able to do. And that's when you start to appropriate. That's when it unleashes over you. And that is the life of faith. Without which, and I'm going ahead of myself, it is impossible to please God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> so without faith, it's impossible to please God. What does that mean? What does that mean? So, he reckons himself to be who he is. He reckons himself to be your healer. He reckons himself to be your savior. And then he quickens you to see who he says he is. Somebody say he quickens me. To see who he believes himself to be. And how that is for my benefit. He quickens me to see who he believes he is. And how who he believes he is, is for my... Because the only reason... God is is to be who he is to me <laughs> did you hear what I said everything God is he is for me because the things that God is can I teach? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Are you sure? Yes, sir. The things that God is are of absolutely zero benefit to Him. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I am the only outlet God has to show who He has believed He is. Wait, wait, excuse me. I, I, I am the Lord that heals you. So He's healer. Who will he heal? So you see what I've taught you what about it, how that sickness comes. 
to test the healing in Christ that you already have. It's because you have healing that sickness comes. How else will we know that God heals you? It's not health that God heals. It's sickness. And it's the sons of men in the body of flesh that fall sick. So what is sickness? Opportunity for manifestation of God's faith. Oh yeah, Shebi is you. That said that you are a healer. Come and do a miracle. Then the next, the next line. You will do a miracle. <laughs> miracle today. Do you understand what I'm saying now? Yes. Uh, uh, it's, your, your, it's your name. So, sir, sickness has come. Oh, oh yeah, show yourself. Show yourself. So, God is deliverer. Which situation will God be in that he will need to deliver himself? Isn't that waste of divinity for God to be deliverer alone? So just be God. So all that God is. Uh, see, if you get this, your entire life will change. All that God. So I don't want to travel path in case he's tired. Please don't take that to your father in heaven. No, don't do that. Yes, sir. He never sleeps. So God has never worn nightgown. Yes, sir. Ever. Ever. Yes, Enter pajamas. No sleeps more. This got in no easy. <laughs> Mike, I bet hold it down. <laughs> okay, sorry. We have 24 elders. Who's on duty? I want Presbyterian gang. Where the, the elders on duty in I want to sleep small. No. Never sleeps or slumbers. Never, always on call, present, always. It is for me, his healer. It's for me, his deliverer. It is for me, his savior. It is for me, his protector. It's for me, his sleep manufacturer. He gives his beloved sleep. That's why I don't pray some prayers. Father, as I sleep tonight, watch over me. Send your guardian angels. You know those ones? Your guardian angels. Not anyhow. We don't want gentle angels that bring blessings. Angels that bring blessings cannot guide me. It's the guardian angels. With their flaming soul. Watch over me. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. He does not sleep so that I can sleep. It is for me, he does not have the ability to sleep. God cannot sleep because of me. I now stay up praying so I can sleep. Because at 2 2 a.m., that's when the enemy is very, very active. Sleeping. 
when Satan is active, then we don't have, then we have no God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Then we have no God. And it means we need no God. We are God in ourselves. Are you receiving light? We are God in ourselves. So because Satan is awake at night flying, it's not my problem whether he's flying or not. I'm not I mean, some of you have probably seen him flying. Do you understand? So it's not my problem to argue with you whether or not he's flying, whether or not he's awake. My problem is, okay, yeah, we agree. He's flying. We agree. He's active between 2 and 4 a.m. No problem. You can have it. He says, I do not sleep or slumber. David, 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 Psalm 3. David says, I lay me down and I slept. I awoke. For the Lord sustained me. David, David, David. So yes, Satan is busy in the night. Me now. I will now be up fighting Satan because if I don't fight him, he'll fight me. And if he fight me when I'm not fighting, he'll kill me because I'm sleeping. But, but it's God that watches over me. It's he that does not suffer my foot to be moved. It's he, it's he that keeps me that does not slumber. So God does not slumber or sleep so that I can sleep. But I can't sleep because Satan is awake trying to steal my sleep. That he's not able to sleep so that I can sleep. Why then is God sleepless? God should go and sleep. It's pointless. It's actually very stupid. Faith is what God does because he believes and he quickens you to see so that you can receive of his fullness. How does he do that? By transmitting his faith to you. He transmits his faith to you. Remember righteousness, consciousness? So when you say, I am righteous, you understand what you are saying is I am conscious of God's righteousness in Christ Jesus. That I am. Does that make sense? It is God's righteousness you're wearing in Christ. There's nothing better you can equip a believer with than who that believer is in Christ. Everything God is, he is in Christ. Christ is the scope of God. So Christ defines the ability of God. Outside Christ, there is no God. He's just an idea. Christ is who gives nature to God. So you want to think you can prosper or live in the earth outside Christ when God cannot be God outside Christ. Everything God is, look at the scriptures in the New Testament. Everything God is, he is in Christ. And we should not teach the believer they are in Christ's reality. You see why the devil is so wicked? See why religion is so wicked? Everything God is. God could not reconcile you to himself outside Christ. God was in Christ. 
Where was God? That you might become the righteousness of God. Where is the righteousness of God? Outside Christ. Is God righteous? No. That's God. God in Christ. Read through. Read Paul's letters. You see, everything happens in. Because outside Christ, God is a disfigured, illegible, incomprehensible, untraceable, unidentifiable mystery of a non-entity. Faceless, nameless, identityless, traceless, total abstract, vacuum, void, hopeless, helpless, useless, and powerless. You can't trace God outside Christ. You can't define God outside Christ. You can't understand God outside Christ. Christ gives visibility, tangibility, identity, functionality to God. Christ is how you know God. So God knows I'm not going to try and engage with anybody outside Christ. If people will know me, see, God, stay inside Christ. If people will see me inside Christ. So Christ is the God projected. That's why I warned you about this Trinity. Be careful. Christ is God projected. The God you can identify, the God you can see, the God you can talk to and will talk to you back because you see, once upon a time, God tried to show up to people he loved outside Christ. The mountain caught fire, the people ran. The ones that touched the mountain died. Not because God wanted to kill anybody. God did not intend to kill anybody. He was just so in a desirous to engage with the people he loved. But there was no platform, no vehicle that could convey him to them. So there were people that died in the Old Testament not because God killed them. But because there was no vehicular interface. Are you following me now? There was no... It was God engaging men or trying to engage men outside a vehicle man could relate with. So he said, okay, so, so I, and I proved to you guys that I want to be with you, but we have to fix this interface problem. Now, can you see that I want to be with you, but you can't handle being with me? That's all he was showing you. Sodom and Gomorrah, that's all he was showing you. Tyre and Sidon, that's all he was showing you. Noah's flood, that's all he was showing you. Not showing you that I want to kill you. But showing you that I, I, I want to engage with you. But you can't handle it. Each time I try, you die. I'm not killing you. I'm not out to get you. I am the, My nature is, is, is a pity that you have not been able to encounter my nature. But my nature is that you are not consumed. 
It's my nature. I, I, I come to you. I'm not coming to consume you. But, but unfortunately, at some point, you are, you are consumed. And you think you pray and you cry for me to come. But each time I come, you can't handle me. Come now, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. It's, each time I come, some of you die. Each time I come, you can't touch me. You can't engage with me. I'm too much for you. Have you understood now? My children, do you understand now that I want to engage with you, but you can't handle me? So look out for me when I come in the mode you can handle. Great is the mystery of godliness. God. He, Paul told Timothy, God was manifest in the flesh. God manifest in the flesh. Manifest in the flesh. So God knows. You know what? <laughs> you know what? Okay, you just go and be us to them. Go. So Christ is God in full to us. Colossians 1:15. He's the image. Isn't it interesting how it doesn't say he's the image of God? What it's saying here essentially is that outside Jesus, this God is invisible. Paul understood this when he says, Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible. Jesus is God we can engage with. Colossians 1.15, put it back up in the TPT. So you want to paint God. And you say, God, please sit. Take a seat. God sits. You want to paint him. And then he has sat. And you now ask him, Sir, Abba, have you sat? Are you there? God is like, I'm here, I'm here. And when he says, I'm here, I'm here. When God speaks outside Christ, what you hear is thundering, lightning, and the earth fleeing. Mountains skipping like rams. Because, hey, our creator just spoke. Everything disappears. Is it now you that will not die? So, God spoke and God said, what God said is, I am here. What you heard was, you jump, enter here, your artwork, enter there, your canvas flew here, your paint scattered everywhere. You were slain. You now gather yourself. Let's try again. But I love God. I want to paint him. I want to see him. Show me your face. Show me your glory. You now go. They say more, you go. Moses, you just, just, you just go. Anything you tell us, God told you, we agree. We come to God again. Come Is your Bible coming alive? They told Moses, God forbid. You, you, you go. What is this? Okay, we should not sleep with our wives. Our wives for seven days. We did it. Come, kata, kata, pata, kata, kata. You gather yourself. Okay, let's try again. 
something about thou shalt love the Lord thy God. And you go, Lord, I love you. I want to come before your presence. I, I want to paint you. I want to see you. And he says, come. He says, come. You hear lightning and thunder fire. Eh, 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 okay, okay, okay. Okay, let's fix this. Let's, let's put up something that they can engage with. Because you see, God is not flesh and blood. And I'm not saying it. He said it. Jesus said, God is spirit. We're not, you understand? So we're, not, we're not trying to look for it. Jesus said himself, John 4, God is spirit. Paul then repeats it in 2 Corinthians 3. I think, I'm not sure, 11 or so. He says, and the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. 2 Corinthians 3, somewhere, somebody find it. It's 2 Corinthians 3, 11, 17. Yes. New King James. Or even King James. The Lord is the spirit. King James. KJV. Yes, KJV. So we're not trying to define the nature or the substance of God. He defi- again, he defines himself. And you come on, you love God, you want to re-engage with him, but you can't. Jesus, God now humbles himself and packages all of himself into Christ Jesus. stand there you want to paint you want to see him and the cross the blood of Jesus begin to sketch an outline begin to sketch an outline and we beholding so he is the image can you imagine us taking a picture of you and this thing is blank so we start to guess what you could possibly look like. Blue, green, red. I stand in front of you now, you can't even see anymore because you are so full of what you have made up. So Jesus comes and becomes to us all that God is. So God is all of it in Christ so Christ can be all of it to us. That way, we receive and we can engage with God in Christ. God becomes all he's able to be in Christ. Christ becomes all God is to us. Hence Christ is called the fullness of the Godhead in a body. You lift up your eyes and then there he is. The beauty of his holiness. The image of God. And God is happy and comfortable to be seen as through Christ. So we are Christ on display because Christ is God on display. quickens you to receive his fullness he transmits his faith to you how does he do that by the hearing of his word are you in class how does he transmit his faith to you by the hearing of his word so every time you are sitting under the ministry of the holy spirit receiving god's word 
God is implanting to you his persuasion about himself. Because it is the measure to which you see how God sees himself that you are grounded. It is God's faith he's transmitting to you. To, to despise God's word. That's why I brought faith consciousness right after word consciousness. To despise God's word is to refuse God's faith. To despise God's word to, because you will not partake of the faith of God outside of the word of God. You cannot partake of the faith of God outside of the word of God. God's word is how his faith is transmitted. Romans 10, right? Romans 10, 17. Now faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you look at your physical Bible, you will see that the word comes is in italics. If you check original language, you see that the word comes is not there. So the translators added comes so it can flow. But actually what it is, is now faith by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Or else it should have said, faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. But if you check your Bible, anybody has a physical Bible, you can just see that comes, it's in italics. Whenever you see that, it means it's not there in the original language. Now faith by hearing. Hearing by the word. Which therefore means faith by the word. Or faith dot 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 the word heard. Yeah? Therefore, faith equals to, directly proportional to the word heard. Because faith by hearing. Hearing by the word. That's how faith is transmitted. Did you get it? Yes, sir. If faith begins with you, it cannot be the fruit of the Spirit. Yes. <laughs> because you see, Jesus and the Holy Spirit did not come to give you what you can give yourself. You get it? If you can generate faith, it cannot be a fruit of the Spirit. Because you can produce it for yourself. Same as peace. Same as peace. And when we get there, same as love. I'm trying to love you. You don't try to love. If faith begins with you, it cannot be a fruit of the Spirit. It cannot be the gift of God. If you have the capacity to generate it yourself. I mean, what, why go through all this problem to give you something that you can have for yourself? Right? Ephesians 2.8, by grace are you saved? <laughs> by grace are you saved? Through faith and that. Not of yourselves. Scriptures you have always known will just start to come alive in your heart. When you understand what it is that this faith is. And that. Not of yourselves. It is the gift. What is the gift of God there? 
Now, if you can generate it, it cannot be the gift of God. Yes. How does the TPT put this? For it was only through this wonderful grace that we believed in him. Nothing we did could ever earn this salvation, for it was the gracious gift from God that brought us to Christ. The message. The emphasis of these other translations is on salvation, which is great. But it's grace through faith. I've taught you in this house that you're not saved by faith. You're saved by grace. Faith is how grace saves you. Faith is how grace saves you. So grace could not have been able to save you without the person who is applying grace knowing that he can save you. You are saved, sir, in other words, because I believed I could save you. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's because I believed that I could save you that I now use grace to save you. Jesus coming, Jesus dying, his blood, you know, the sacrifice, grace. What sponsored that? Faith. Whose faith? By grace are you saved through? Faith. Galatians 2.20. King James. I am crucified with Christ, Paul says. Paul says. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. I live by the faith of the Son of God. Some translators don't get it, so they go by faith in the Son of God. If I'm saved by grace through faith, and that faith not of ourselves, that faith is the gift of God, then it's consistent with this verse that says, I am crucified with Christ, yet not I that lives, but Christ who lives in me, and the life I live now, I live that life by the faith of the Son of God, who loves me, and gave himself for me. How do I live in the flesh? By God's faith. It's God's faith I'm spending. I wasn't called to have my own faith. Because what I believe about God makes no difference. Just like it's not that I'm loving him that makes him love me. Scripture is so consistent, it's beautiful. The faith of God. 1 Corinthians 12 and 9. To another, faith by how? Which spirit? Faith by how? The spirit. Not by your flesh. Not by your ability. It's the faith of God. Because the Lord is that spirit. Follow scripture now. The Lord is that spirit. God is spirit. Spirit of who? God. Who is also the spirit of? Christ. And faith is how? By the spirit. So how does faith come? By the spirit. The gift of the spirit. Transmitted in the hearing of God's word. Are you following me now? One more scripture. Acts 3.16. They just heal that man, right? And they come on. And they're speaking. And his name, through faith, in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Look at the next line. Yes. The faith. 
which comes the faith the faith which comes through him the faith is what is doing all this thing his name that's Jesus could do nothing outside the faith of God in his name faith that comes through him is the faith that God supplied that did this miracle do you see that so faith is your consciousness of God's imputed knowledge of what he believes about himself in Christ. Faith is your consciousness of God's imputed or transmitted. Because we have said faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by the Spirit, right? Faith is your consciousness of God's imputed knowledge of all that he believes about himself in Christ as concerning you and your subscription to the same. Faith is your consciousness of God's imputed knowledge and you know how it is imputed now. To you about what he God believes about himself in Christ. This is important. In Christ. As concerning you and also your subscription to it. So faith is the consciousness of God's imputed knowledge to you of what he believes of himself in Christ. Faith is also the consciousness of your subscription to what God says about himself in Christ. Does that make sense? Your consciousness of what God says has, has been put into you. Your consciousness of how much you subscribe to or follow what God has said about himself that he has told you. Faith is nothing else than your consciousness of his faith. If it is you, bid me to come to you upon the water. Call me out upon the waters Where great unknown where feet may fail And there I find you In the mystery Oceans deep My faith What inspires this verse? Peter's encounter If it is you, bid me come up to you on the water Jesus simply said, come, come. Why did Jesus say to Peter, come? Jesus said to Peter, come. What did Peter ask to do? Come to you, walking on the water. Jesus said, come. Why did Jesus say, come? Okay, let me help you. It's there, right there. Jesus could say to Peter, come. When Jesus said to Peter, come, what was Jesus doing? When Jesus said to Peter, why did Jesus, why could Jesus say to Peter, come? Because Jesus was walking on water. Don't be so deep. Jesus could not be calling Peter and giving him authority to do what Jesus was not already doing. Consciousness, yes. Jesus was willing, yes. 
He's, the word released, yes. He walked on the word, yes. Hey, all of it boils down to the fact that Jesus was asking you to do what he was proving he could do. Yes, sir. Jesus was not in the boat telling Peter, come on the water. If you believe, you can do it. Come on. If you believe it, you can walk on water. Jesus was on water. So when he said, come, Jesus was not hoping that Peter will. I am on the water. I am. It's what I can do that matters. Come. So what is your faith? Your faith is believing. He's, he has shown you possibility by being on the water. And don't forget the waves are raging. I, I, I wish that the Lord would open your eyes to picture his word when you read it. Picture waves raging. Picture like pirates of the Caribbean. It's raging. The, the boat is being beaten. And this guy is just on the water. It's not like the water is still. And Jesus is walking. So he says, you tell me to come. Don't tell me to come any other way. Before you, before you see Peter with jet ski. <laughs> tell me to come to you. Doing what you are doing. On the strength of what Jesus was doing. He says, come. So what, when Jesus said, come, what did he transmit to Peter? Divine possibility. God's capacity. God's ability. Come, energized Peter to do what God had proven he could do. So Peter at that point was not, or should not have thought, can I do it? Is this, is this possible for that a person can be walking on water? See somebody on the water, he's on the water when he's telling you, come. So faith is you being conscious of the fact that if God has called me to it, he can take me through it. That's faith. If he has called me to it, he can take me through it because this guy had better believe as much of himself as he says he does to tell me to do what he has told me to do. And because I know that he said what he is and he says what he can do and he has proven it by doing it, all I need to do is be conscious of what he said. That's faith. Your consciousness of its imputed knowledge. Or what he believes about himself in Christ concerning you. Yes, concerning you. All things are possible when we believe, all chains are breakable when we receive Yahweh. Keep your promises. If you said it, I believe it. If you said it, if you said it, we'll believe it. If you said it, we'll believe it. You're a man. If you said it. said about himself in Christ can I hammer on that in Christ a little bit as we close Colossians 119 <laughs> for it please the father I said in Christ in Christ though 
God in Christ. Hmm? Remember? I showed you Colossians 1 15. See verse 19. For he pleased the Father that's in him. This is where our neighbors, religious neighbors, struggle. When they say, Oh, you cannot worship Jesus. If you can't worship Jesus, you can't worship God. Oh, yeah, Jesus was born. We agree. In the beginning, he was there as the word, not in a body. We agree. But the time came, God decided everything that makes me God, put it in this Jesus. So God is happy, hear me carefully, to be related with us in Jesus, Christ Jesus. God is happy to be prayed to us through Jesus. Nobody else. Neither is there any other name. God is happy to be related because now men can touch God. God is no longer trapped in his awe. Yes. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? God is no longer so estranged from us that each time he wants to come, he will destroy us. Not because he wants to destroy, but because you can't handle him. So now there's he's and he's like, you know what? No, no, I'm happy for men to know me as Christ. So to be careful of three thrones. Careful of God, Father, God, Son, God, Holy Spirit. Careful, you'll be very disappointed. You get there, be looking for the Holy Spirit. You can't see him because if you can see him, he's not spirit. If you get there and you see Holy Spirit on the throne, there's no spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. God is happy to be known as in Christ Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? Colossians 1.19, give me the TPT. I haven't checked it, but give me 119 the TPT. Do you see it? See, let the man speak for himself. God is satisfied. God is satisfied to have all his fullness. How does the message put it? So special is he, so roomy, that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. All of God is contained in Christ spaciously. For it pleased the Father that in him the fullness of God should dwell. So you can't worship Jesus. You can't, you can't pray to Jesus. You can only pray to the Father. You are ill-taught. Yes. You are ill-instructed. Yes. We're only dealing with the Father. The Father is saying, me, I'm dealing with you inside Jesus. Yes. Nobody who is trying to engage God can handle meeting God. Yes. No, that's an annoying, painful thing about the law and religion. Go and meet him now. That's why all the impressions they have of God is consuming fire, angry God, you're destroying people. Go and check. All of that is people trying to go to God. Forgetting that God solved it by coming to man. He solved that conundrum by coming to man. 
That's grace. Grace is God coming to man. Each time a man tries to go to God, you is fire, thunder, lightning, you will see. And you're not wrong. You just cannot see him. So you come back and ask you, what did you see? Thunder. We won't argue with you. You saw thunder. Elijah saw thunder. And God was not inside. You came out. I saw fire. Elijah saw fire. God was not inside. You saw earthquake and mighty rushing wind. Elijah saw it. God was not inside. But you come and say God is thunder. Because of the glasses you are wearing. So come and say God is earthquake. God that disturbs the waters. Say no God is thunder. No. God is earthquake. No. God is lightning. Everybody is arguing with everybody. He defined. He said put Christ there. You are not interested in Christ. If it's not our sin is forgiving. Don't don't say anything sir. Utter call. We'll call your name and say, collect you into our life. God and personal savior. Utter. After collecting into our life, to be the Lord of our life, the only time we need you is to use your name and stamp anything we ask him. Jesus. So that you don't go to verse and you, precious name, mighty name, matchless name, beautiful name, glorious name. As we sweet you, sweet you. Whenever we use your name to stamp, as we just toilet for you small. Because of how we smooth your name, we try for us. Other than that, please, please, please. Say on. So we're dealing with God, eh? We're dealing with God. We're dealing with God. God, keep this person. Jesus' mighty name. Powerful name. Jesus is the explanation of God. God is in Christ. Hey, please go put it one more time. Colossians 1:19. Oh, that's lovely. It pleased the Father that in him. How does Amplified put this verse? Chai, 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 chai. For it pleased the Father for all the fullness of deity, the sum total of his essence, logos, all his perfection, powers, and to dwell how? In who? Leave Jesus, you are looking for God. God is saying you cannot find me only in Jesus. Oh, I can't worship Jesus, it's only you I want to worship. God, if you want to find me, worship me in this song. God is like everything I am, I have handed it over to the song. Jesus introduced himself as such. John 3:35. This is Jesus speaking of. To Nico. Please look at this carefully. Look at it now. Look at it. Tipity. The message. Amplified. So you go to God looking for something that God doesn't have to give you. Because the Father has given everything you need to the soul. God is nonsense outside the sun. He's giving the sun everything in Christ. So faith is God informing you of how he, God, reckons himself where? Because God's reckoning is God's attributes, powers. Did you see it in your Bible? Are all where? It pleased the Father that in the Son, in Christ, all the fullness will dwell. 
So if God is speaking to you, he's trying to show you who he is in Christ. Because that's the only way you can access God. Yes, Let me land this somewhere. Anywhere. Colossians 2.9. 2.8. Two, Go from 8. Be well, anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to... So right now, subject matter changes to Christ. So in verse 9, for in who is Christ? Dwells. It's very clear. TPT, verse 9. Message. <laughs> Everything of God. Everything of God gets expressed in him. That's why I've said authoritatively and without apology that Christ is everything God has to say. Outside Christ, God is speechless, imageless, faceless. God is not speaking outside Christ. You will not get it. But in Christ, you don't need a telescope, microscope, horoscope. And the emptiness of the universe without him. 2 Corinthians 1.20. Hallelujah. For all the promises of God. Hold on. Hold on. No. Easy. All the promises of who? God. In who? God cannot even promise and be able to keep it outside Christ. The promises of God in Christ are yes. Hold, that means Christ is how God can promise. One. And the promises of God are in Christ. Amen. That is, amen means so it is. That means Christ is how God can fulfill his promise. Double emphasis. For all the promises of God in Christ are yes. yes. That's where it starts. Christ is how God reckons himself. And are in Christ. Amen. To the glory of God expressed through us. TPT. For all of God's promises find their yes of fulfillment in him. All of God's promises find their yes of fulfillment in him. They originate in him. They find fulfillment. So God cannot keep a promise if you sideline Christ. God knows better than to try and promise you something that Christ cannot sponsor. How does the the message put this? I I don't consult these guys when I'm preparing, when I'm studying. Okay, look at that. Whatever God has promised... The yes of Jesus. Somebody say the yes of Jesus. In him, this is what we preach and pray. The great amen. God's yes and ours together gloriously evident. In him, the promises of God are in him, yes. And are in him, amen. To the glory of God through us. God in Christ. See, whenever you see that script, that that line in the New Testament, respect it with awe. (laughs) Everything God says you are in Christ. 
respect it to because God himself is nothing except in Christ. Stephen almost fell from his chair when I told him that statement earlier on. God is nothing outside Christ. He took it all and gave it to the son. You neglect the son, you're looking for the father. You can't even meet him. You hear fire and thunder and lightning. You don't go and say, you saw him. What was he like? Thunder. How does it profit God to speak to you by thunder? What is thunder saying? You came to God. God to, oh Lord, I love you. I prayed. I've, 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 I've sicked your face. I love you. I want to be with you. Fire. Chaka, chaka, chaka. How does that help your fellowship? You don't come back and say, I've come down from the mountain. I met the Lord. What did you see? Consuming fire. So what do you come down from the mountain wanting to do? Consume. You now start praying, fire of the Lord, because that's all you saw, fire. Thunder of the Most High, that's all you heard. But he didn't speak in thunder. It is the elementals that respond to his voice. Does that make sense? All nature and science follow. So elementals responding to his voice. So he speaks. Creation knows he spoke. React. You now document the reaction of nature and say that's what God's voice is. Come down and say, I had an encounter with the Lord. He thundered upon the mountain. But scripture documents thunder struck. God was not in it. In Christ. Oh, Pastor, what are you saying? God, in Christ, all of heaven is contained in Christ. God cannot be inside Christ and heaven is somewhere else. When we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. Six. Again, if you have a physical Bible, places should be in italics. You found it? For yes, physical Bible? Yes, places should be. Because the original language, I remember, doesn't have places. Yeah? So, raised us up together. Have you seen it? Yes, sir. And made us sit together in the heavenlies. So, Daniela, where are the heavenlies? You want to make a place contained in a God, contained in you. Praying to make heaven that is in Christ who is Oh Heaven is in my heart. Does it make sense to you now? Oh Heaven is in my heart. That's the reality of a believer. And this song is like 25 years ago. Also made us to sit. Together with Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In heavenly places in Christ. Carried Christ that contains all of God. Carries Christ that contains all of heaven. Carries Christ that contains all of God's righteousness and chucked Christ into you. So there's actually no heaven. Tell me. 
didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, are you, are you understanding it now? So why are you trying to make heaven? If it's your will, let us make heaven. I will, you are there. I came because I will. And and because it's my belief and my persuasion, you just are conscious of it. You have it. I don't think there's any two words more powerful in the New Testament, in the new creation, than in Christ. Kai! I don't think there's any more powerful combination. In Christ! God wanted to save you. Could not do anything about it except God was where? In Christ reconciling. God was in so when God wanted to reconcile us, God carried himself packaged himself. Do you notice that it is us that are ambassadors of Christ? Christ was not an ambassador of God. Christ was not a representative of God, an emissary dispatched like messenger of God. Jesus Christ was God in the flesh. Do you understand? It was because God was on the earth that God in Jesus before he died, could say, your sins are forgiven. Yes. It wasn't Mary's son speaking. It was the God in Christ saying, you are already clean because of the words I've spoken over you. The words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. It wasn't Mary's son. Because technically speaking, that Mary's son, that son of man, had not yet been given the name. That's because when he died and resurrected that he was given the name. That's when he was exalted. So this is the unexalted Jesus carrying the Godhead. That's the one I could turn to this guy on the cross and say, I say to you today, you will be with me. I, I, I know what I'm on this cross doing. You, you don't have to know it. I, I know it. And you don't have to say a sinner's prayer. You don't have to be baptized. You don't have to give no offering. You don't have to confess your sin. What I'm doing is powerful enough. Why did did Jesus not tell the guy, you're about to die quickly, believe quickly. Fast, fast, fast. They come, they will come come break your leg. No, 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 no. Quickly, believe, 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 believe. Believe. Have faith. Before you die. If you die with have faith. No, no. Jesus, bleeding and battered on the cross, says, "Calm down, today. I'm telling you today. I'm telling you like, emphasizing as I am bleeding like this and battered. No, no, no. I'm telling you, you'll be with me in paradise. Don't worry about. I got this. I got this. I was going to do it. I was paying the price, but the price is covering you too, sir." 
Why didn't he turn to the other guy and say, you idiot? You are going to hell. You didn't believe. If the guy on this side died because he insulted Jesus and went to hell, Jesus did not die for the sins of the world. Because Jesus was not on the cross dying for our sins because anybody on the earth believed what he was doing. Who was believing that he was dying for our sins? Only one person, God. So now, if I'm dying on the cross to save a people that don't even know that they need saving, why would I then judge one who is telling me, bring yourself down from the cross and bring us down too? And then because he didn't believe, I sent him to hell. But I'm dying for people who don't believe. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the godly. I'm dying for people that don't believe, so why am I sending somebody to hell? on the cross that I'm dying to save them. Yes. And say, because I didn't believe. Did this other guy believe? You, you, what did he say? You have a kingdom, baby. I've been hearing you. I used to pass and thief and pass and kill. But I used to hear you say you have a kingdom. That is somewhere. That is, the kingdom is not here. I mean, that's what he said now. So wherever that kingdom is, when you get there, remember me. He was just trying to arrange himself. There's nothing that's made him say he believes Jesus is the savior of the world. He didn't say that. Don't ACG, don't read into it what he didn't say. Don't do it. Have you ever been hearing you say kingdom, kingdom, kingdom? And then I heard this guy saying, when this thing they put on your head, it does not say king of the Jews. And then there was not, I that saw when they now came and changed and said, don't say king of the Jews. Say, this is he that says he's king of the Jews. There's no king without a kingdom. So just in case there's any kingdom working for you when you get there, just remember me. The guy was negotiating for safe passage if such a thing ever exists. What did he confess? Oh, I see my whole life is flashing before my eyes, Brother Jay. <laughs> my whole life. Because how can scripture say in Romans, I believe three, that in his forbearance, he passed over the sins that were previously committed. And it's this guy on the cross who will go to hell and be condemned because he didn't believe. Somebody say in Christ. In Christ. So yeah, I'll end here. Faith is not your conviction. It is your consciousness of an alignment to God's conviction. Write that down. Faith is not your conviction. It is your consciousness of an alignment with God's conviction. Did you get it? Yes, sir. It is your consciousness of an alignment to his conviction. And here's where I landed for today. And that conviction does not have to make sense to you. Because I've said over and over and over and over and over, God is not in the business of making sense. Faith is not your conviction, it is your consciousness of and alignment to or with God's conviction and his conviction does not have to make sense. 1 Corinthians 1, 18 to 25. 1 Corinthians 1, 18 to 25. Hey, hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. For the message of the cross is what? <laughs> it is what? Foolishness. To so those who are perishing, 
But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Keep going. We're going all the way to 25. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, tie, and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where's the scribe? Where's the disputer of this age? Has God not made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. So God is here showing you his wisdom. You now feeling you have wisdom of your own. Inside your wisdom, you could not grasp the wisdom of God. God now decided to rubbish your wisdom by now using foolishness. Shabi, you are wise. And in all your wisdom, you could not comprehend the wisdom of God. It now pleased God to turn to what? Foolishness of the message preached. King James says it pleased God through the foolishness of preaching. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. Okay. Let's switch to foolishness. We put it in wisdom. You cannot get it. And you say you are wise. <laughs> oh yeah, let's use foolishness. To save those that believe. 22, back to New King James. For the Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom. Because it's Greeks that always form wise people. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jews. A stumbling block to the Greeks. Foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. 25 on the last verse. Because the foolishness of God and the weakness of God, what is the foolishness of God? Of what? The cross. For the message of the cross, the preaching of the cross is foolishness. So, by the foolishness of preaching, what is the foolishness of preaching? See, God is no longer mad at you because Jesus died. Where will he die for me? Did I send him? Foolishness. But it is in that foolishness of what is preached that you are saved. So the cross is foolish. The cross doesn't make sense. You know, what would have made sense is that you were such a beautiful person and we just got up to kill you and your life was too precious to be lost. Romans 5. Your life was too precious to be lost. Like, no, come on, you're too cute, like Daniela. So pretty. They're like, oh no, they're so cute, they have your life ahead of them. You know what, no, I'm going to die for them. They're like, oh, that's so nice. That makes sense. But no, cinnamon. That everybody knows deserves to die. She said, no, 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 I'll die in the place. That doesn't make sense. But he pleased God in the foolishness of the cross. The foolishness of preaching to save those. 1 Corinthians 2.14, I will show you what foolishness means. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually descended. The things of the Spirit of God are what? So God's conviction doesn't have to make sense. That means if everything about your life is logically worked out, chances are very high 
you're not walking by the Spirit of God. If you are that kind of control freak that must regulate everything that happens in your life and it works according to how you regulate it, you have developed your own wisdom. You're not living by the faith of the Son of God. You're not. You're not. I will start off straight from this second part of what this all means in the light of have faith in God. Have faith in God. What does that even mean? Look at Romans 5.1. Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember this verse? What word jumped out of you here when I taught you this verse? If you remember. What did it mean? What does that mean? Continue. To possess. Possess. Right? And then in English, a sound that continues to reflect long after that sound has been uttered. When you have peace, it means you have continue. You're taking possession of. You're being given. We have or, or we have received. That's the word echo. Right? We have received or we have taken possession of. We have peace. Hmm? We have peace. That means we have been given possession of. So echo starts with something that comes to you. And you receive it and it continues to speak over you. That's the word echo. E-C-H-O with an accent. We have peace. We have taken possession of peace. We are taking possession of peace. That's echo. Do you remember? <laughs> Mark eleven twenty two. Same word. Same word in the original language. Mark eleven twenty two. It's the same word. It's the same word. You can check it. Somebody click Mark eleven twenty two lexicon. Type it now. If you have a smartphone, mark online, go to Google. Mark 11.22, lexicon, click it. I'm waiting. Has anybody seen it? Have you opened lexicon? What is the word for have there? What does he mean? Take possession of, to hold, to lay hold of. Jesus then stands and says, have faith. Take possession of. He was not saying you should produce faith. Because if we have peace in Romans 1, and having peace means that we are the one that brought peace, then it's a problem. But have peace, echo, peitho, or echo, pistis, means that we have taken possession of peace through Jesus Christ our Lord. The same Jesus Christ our Lord is speaking in his own words to people, and he says, echo, pistis, take possession of faith. He was not telling them, look for faith. But English has translated it or implied. Come on. You are, have faith. You know, you have to be with faith. You have to, you, have to, you have to create faith. You have to generate faith. It doesn't say that. It's the word echo. Echo. Echo for how. It's the word echo. And it's right there. You can see it. So it's important to look at the scriptures in the light of the person that wore the shirt saying what he wore. 
not in letting somebody else define for you what he's wearing. For centuries, we have been lied to consistently because due diligence was not done to the study of God's word and letting the word speak for himself. It cannot be a gift of God. And Jesus is telling you, have faith. Look for faith. Produce faith. How can you produce what is holy of God? How? Where does Jesus expect you to find the faith from? Especially if without faith it is impossible to please God. Other than at that point he's speaking to them and he's transmitting faith into them. Echo. Pistis. Take possession. I'm speaking now because faith comes by what? Hearing, Hearing the word of? Who is the word? Christ. Made flesh. Faith comes by? Or faith by? Hearing. Hearing by the word. I'm speaking to you now. What are you receiving? Faith. Take. Take faith. Take faith. I'm pumping faith into you. That's what he said in Mark 11, 22. That's what. Echo. Peace, peace. I'm, I'm pumping faith. I'm releasing faith into you. Take faith. That's the accurate translation of Mark 11, 22. Not produce faith. Where are you going to produce it from? And I'll show you on Tuesday how if you say that faith is Christ, you can be right and you can be wrong. You say, yes, faith is Christ. Amen. Praise God. Christ is in me. Hallelujah. But faith worked in you before Christ came into you. Are you not implying that Christ was in you before you became born again? Because if faith is Christ, you are telling me that Christ was living in you before you became a born again. Then why do you need to be born again to receive Christ into you? If Christ was already in you as faith, because faith comes by hearing. So don't make substantiative claims you cannot substantiate. Unsubstantiated claims. Of theology. Yes, sir. Yeah, 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 Christ is faith, but don't generalize it. Because yes, you can't explain how if Christ is faith, how come he walked in you before he came into you? Yeah. So Christ was in you before he came into you. Yeah. If Christ would come into you before you had to be born again, then why did you need to be born again? So there are some statements you can't make. Yes, you can't follow the crowd of people saying stuff. Let's investigate the scriptures. Let's let the scripture speak for themselves. You notice how this entire journey I've shown you scripture after scripture and not just singular scriptures, multiple scriptures corroborating the truth of God's word. Faith is your consciousness of his conviction. Faith is your subscription to how he sees himself. Life becomes easy. You stop fighting for God to perform. You look at what God has said he will perform and you line up with it. It's not you trying to make God perform. It's you understanding where he's performing. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. I know you're not building, but, but I need a job. So can you just start building something so I can have a job? I'm a builder. Nobody will think you, are, you, have, you have any sense. So I just, so I just build, I'm a builder. I'm a, block, I'm a brick layer. Just start any building. I, I, I can build anything. Just, just start building. That's what happens when you go to God. For me, you can. I have faith. I believe. Yeah. Just do something for me. Just do it. You don't have to be wanting to do it just because I want you to do it. Just do it. Or you can walk into Krispies and hear them talking about a, a plan for a project that they're about to start to build next month. And you're like, oh, I'm actually a builder. You know, here's my CV. Here's my, here's my reel. And I'll be of great service to you if you brought me onto this project. There's a building. You just key into it. The person has a blueprint. That means the person has already determined to build. And the person has the means to build. 
you're now coming to say, you know what, based on what you're doing, I mean. That's faith. It's you acknowledging what God is doing and enjoying what God is doing. Easy. And there's always a place for you in what God is doing because all God is doing is for you. There's nothing God is doing for himself. Nothing. All God is doing is for you. So find out what God is doing and say yes. You started this thing. Faithful is he. I'll show, I'll show you Tuesday. Because Paul says, faithful is he who has begun. Faithful is he. Faithful, faithful is he who has begun. Who will finish it? So what's my own? Ah, this, this, this is what you're faithful in doing. I follow you. That's it. So we think faith. Just plug into his assessment of himself. It's easy. It's easy. It's not difficult at all. You have all of God's ability defined in Christ. Believe he is who he says he is. Believe he is who he says he is. Hallelujah. I am who he says I am. promises which are in Christ, yes and amen. Colossians 1 and Ephesians. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Right? Yes. It says in Colossians, it says in Ephesians. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Each time you ask for forgiveness of sin, you insult God's faith. Now, religion teaches you, it shows you are remorseful. It shows you are contrite. It shows you are broken. It shows you are repentant. God doesn't need that. He has spoken and says you are forgiven. Every time you come and say, God, please forgive me, delete my Oh Lord, cleanse me with the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood. You are disparaging. You are, you are making a mockery of. You are casting aspersions. You are saying that God cannot have meant what he said when he said you were forgiven. So just in case, you may have shifted from it. Let me ask for it again and collect it again. Collect what he doesn't have anymore to give because he has given all of it in Christ. So most times our acts of faith are actually acts of insult of God's faith. Just ingest consciousness of God's faith. Start looking at scripture with the eyes of everything God has said. That's all you need to do. Just see what his word has said. That's the end. Hallelujah. God is faithful. Do you understand it now? God is faithful. So start spending his faith. It is his faith you have. Spend his faith in Christ Jesus. And watch things that you struggled with fade away. 
literally, like for somebody today that has invested their persuasion in this word, it literally just turns your whole life around. Yeah. Like trust issues die. Just, just, just die. Because you're not trying to believe yeah. that you can't. It's, you're trying to remind yourself that he has said. And because he believes it. I'm just spending his belief. I'm lining up with God, what God is doing concerning my life. So find what he's doing. Agree that he's doing it. Acknowledge that he's doing it in Christ Jesus. That's faith. That's faith. And everything just changes. And you begin to enjoy salvation. Hallelujah. Faith consciousness. Have you received something today? <laughs> it's a good time to put your hands together and give him praise. Well, that's it for today's teaching. We trust it has been worth your time. For more of these messages from our stables, kindly subscribe to our teaching podcast at www.thebasileacommission.podbean.com or via the Podbean app on your mobile device. For inquiries and further information, kindly send us an email to info at thebasileacommission.org or find us on social media with the handles at the truth simply put or at while the church. You can also send us an SMS, call us, or connect with us via WhatsApp on plus two three four seven zero triple eight one double eight six four. Finally, if you would like to give to support the work that we do, kindly follow the Patreon link in our podcast or contact our office for details. Thank you.